invite you to stand with me as you're able for the reading of the gospel. Today's gospel comes from the gospel of John, chapter 16, starting in the 23rd verse. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I've said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. And so we hear Jesus say to us today, In this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I, Jesus says, have overcome the world. Is that promise unshakable for you? Does it assure you? you, Does it remind you to breathe deeply in the grace of God and breathe out freely the the bold promises of His Word to the world around us? That's my invitation for you today. To breathe that grace in and to breathe out the peace of God and the promise of God to the world. I recently read an article about what the author said was the unsinkable John Tex Tahiria, he who had twice been shipwrecked and survived. In fact, it was so unbelievable to me that I had to do a little research just to make sure it was true. Turns out it was. In fact, it was a dark year in his life. 1967, his oldest son had been killed in a car accident. And one of those shipwrecks would soon quickly follow. He and seven other men were out on his boat off the shores of Hawaii. And the water got rough near the shore where they were picking up some of the fishermen. They were fishing with them in a skiff. The skiff was destroyed and they were able to rescue the men. 
only to find that the ship that they were on had also now been damaged. And as it, unknown to them, as they moved farther out to sea, a few hours later they realized they were sinking. Time, Tex became aware of it. It was time to order the men overboard. And so, without their skiff, all they had were some inner tubes and life vests. A couple of them saw some lights off in the distance, thought it might be a ship, and so they swam off, never to be seen again. The remaining six huddled together, afraid, especially since those old inner tubes were starting to leak. But then Tex noticed a stick in the water. That stick was uh, within their grasp. They started swimming towards it. They were tired. They'd already been, as one story said, been swimming several miles trying to get towards shore. But this stick, he thought, was a buoy, maybe a fisherman's buoy. If they could hold on, could give them support while those inner tubes failed. And maybe, just maybe, that fisherman would come and check his catch. Except they were puzzled and surprised when that stick began to move. They had just huddled together one last time, praying for God's help in their despair. And then this stick began to move. Well, then this incredible whoosh, this noise that they had never quite heard before, as a nuclear submarine came up out of the water. It's a true story. They were rescued that day. That sub had been part of the search pattern for them, and the captain said he just felt compelled for some reason, not long after their prayer, by the way, to come up at that moment in time. Text. Never stop believing in the power of coming to God in prayer. To coming to Jesus with all of his needs. That year of loss and tribulation was not easy, but he recalled that God was with him. But you don't need a story, do you, to remember that life is hard and that we face dark moments that lead us to prayer. You've been there too. Maybe not off the coast of Hawaii, but dark seas just the same in your own life. And I hope you won't just pray when times are dark. I hope you're reminded that this day God is inviting you to come to Him every day. Jesus says now we can pray in His name. Verse 22 just before our reading, reminds us of this unshakable promise and joy. Jesus says, So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Jesus is inviting us to that kind of promise. We heard in the readings this morning that Lydia was going about her daily life doing her trade of selling purple cloth when she heard the Word of God speak to her 
to the Apostle Paul. And her heart was touched, the Scripture says, and transformed. And she became not only a follower of Jesus, but an ambassador for Christ, as we'll read throughout the book of Acts and into the New Testament. And so we are called to be transformed by this promise, as she was in dark days and in good ones. You know, the word for tribulation used in this reading today has been translated several times in several places throughout the Scriptures. In 2 Corinthians, it's an affliction. In Romans, it talks about suffering. In other parts of this text itself, we are translated as anguish. In other places, persecution. Troubles. These troubles we face, whichever one of these kind of tribulations you might face today, or have faced in the past, or might face in the future, Jesus invites you to call on Him. Calling on Him in every corner of your life. I like how the commentator William Barclay reminds us of how Jesus does this in this passage. He does it out of his own loneliness, out of his gift of forgiveness, out of sympathy and compassion for us, and as a gift, a pure gift of grace. There Jesus knew that the disciples would abandon them, abandon him, even though they promised to do otherwise. But he knew that the Father would not abandon him. And he reminds us of that promise now. That despite our weakness, he went to the cross alone so that we would never be lonely. God would be with us. And so there leads us to this gift of forgiveness that he reminds us of. You know, too often we idolize people and think of them as faultless. And then when we do that, we're doomed, aren't we, to disappointment. Jesus didn't do that with his disciples. He doesn't do that with us. Instead, he offers us grace. Jesus invites us to call upon his name, to reflect his character to the world, to be sure. But sometimes, our actions as we confessed in our confession this morning, Don't meet up to that call. And forgiveness and grace is there waiting for our repentant hearts. I think we see the ups and downs of our own deceitfulness today by watching the NFL draft one offensive tackle who found out the highs and lows of life based on his own choices, right? And yet... God doesn't leave us there. When we call on Him, there is sympathy from Jesus. He knows what's going to happen and yet still goes to the cross for us and yet and still invites us, invites me, invites you to repentance, to turn to Him and not despair. That is the gift. We're going to see that the world could do its worst to Jesus and still not defeat him. And so that promise 
leads to hope. Now we see that the world can do its worst to us. And because of Christ, not defeat us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote from prison that God doesn't just want to be the God of the gaps. What he means by that, from prison no less, is that he doesn't invite us just to fill all the gaps of life that we can't fill ourselves. Too often we treat God as just a a salve for our infirmity. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer reminds us that God is calling us to welcome him into every corner of our lives in good times and bad. He writes, here too God is not a stopgap. We must recognize God not only where we reach the limits of our possibilities, God wants to be recognized in the midst of our lives, in life, not only in dying, in health and strength, not only in suffering, in action, not only in sin. And so having received this promise of grace, then we need to hear this calling as well. Where in your life are you failing to recognize the lordship and leadership of Jesus? In business? In your family? At school? With your friends? With your wallet? Your media consumption? Recognize Christ. Welcome His Lordship into every corner of your life. And so whether today you are flying high or sinking low today, God's promise is for you. Now turn your attention to this. This very purpose of your everyday life towards Jesus as Lydia did. You are unsinkable, not because of your elaborate prayer or good works. You are unsinkable because you don't go swimming off towards a light. It's a false hope. You have a salvation, a sure and certain hope. Dr. James Boyce talks about prayer and particularly the kind of prayer that Jesus is talking about here in this text. And he bemoans that much of modern prayer, even by serious Christians, becomes useless and ineffective because people involved approach God thinking that that somehow he's obliged to grant their request because of something they themselves have done for him. But praying in Christ's name, as Jesus invites us to today, means that we're coming to him on the basis of his merit not ours. So no one can take your joy from you because it's based not on life circumstance or our goodness, but because of Christ's merit. And then that should spur us on to pray in His name and to welcome Him into every corner of our lives in tribulation and in joy. Jesus knows we're tempted to go off on our own. Jesus knows we're tempted by life's afflictions to despair. Jesus knows that we're tempted just to make him a God of the gaps. And yet he still invites us to welcome him into every corner of our lives. Receive his promise anew today. 
His forgiveness, His compassion, His gift of overcoming. Hear these words again from John chapter 16. Slightly different translation. Turn your ears to this promise anew. Jesus answered them, Do you finally believe? In fact, you're about to make a run for it, saving your own skins and abandoning me. But I'm not abandoned. The Father's with me. I've told you this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Oh, that you would unwrap this gift of grace today and follow Jesus with reckless abandon into every corner of your lives. In the name of Christ, amen.